0: This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day, everyone, and welcome. All right, time course to course bring in our co-host, the... Bathurst 1000. Run and one, and congratulations to Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander on their win in this edition, the 2020 edition of the Bathurst 1000. What a spectacular win. What a spectacular race, beating Chas and in, uh, into second place. And uh, no, Chas Mostet, third place, I should say, Cam Waters, in second place, uh, Richard Crowell, Mark Walker, as they have all day, talking about the Great Race boys, oh. you, couldn't, you could not write a better script. You couldn't. Uh, oh, you'd have a crack. No, look, it was tremendous,
1: wasn't it? And just when it looked like Shane had broken, and he had broke the back of the motor race, he gapped Cam Waters there at the end, and um, a series of really, really impressive laps, from that car, and and we've talked all day and all weekend about the long run pace of ninety seven. Um, we spotted it early in the weekend, and it it proved to be a thing. And with Garth or Shane driving, that car was immense over a distance, and it was a better race car than car six, not by much, but by just enough yeah. to to break the back of the motor race. But then Bedlam happens, like it normally does at Mount Panorama, and we had another crazy end of the motor race and. Uh yeah, the the right rear or left rear Dunlop on Jack Smith's car failed going into the kink and buried him. And then another restart with poor old Zane Goddard on cold rubber into the wall at the top of the hill. That was a big hit too. Um, And once again, we were set up with another thriller and, and delivered another great Bathurst shootout towards the end. So it's always the way, and we say it every year, don't we, that you never, never know what to expect from that motor race until the final lap. And um, this year
2: proved that just
1: again, because uh, at the point it looked like it was shot to pieces. It got turned on its head once again.
2: Yeah. On the last lap. Oh no. Second, last lap van Gisbergen yeah. said he's fastest circuit on the last lap. The two shell V power cars said yeah. their fastest lap for the race. So <laughs> remarkable pace there at the end, but it was just standard Bathurst. That's what the race is these days. Like we had that real wave cars around pace car back onto the lead lap. who <laughs> cares we had those guys out in front duking it out like we always do we don't need more cars on the lead lap trying to create that that just happens at bathurst we had a great race that last pit stop how good was that, <laughs> was that? Water, yeah. waters absolutely <laughs> yeah. came streaming into the pits gained all that time and he was on that was a great battle shaping up there but uh as always like you said rich we had those safety cars and yeah that got a bit stressful for my liking yeah
0: well, it definitely got stressful for the guys in the garage, I would have thought, because you just don't know what you had left. And there was a lot of talk from uh, Crompo and Scafi, and rightly so, that uh, the momentum that had been built up by Shane in the 97 car leading into those last 10 laps had been interrupted, not just the once, but the twice and tyres going off and bringing them back and all that sort of stuff. And if it, if you look at the two teams, Van Gisbergen probably had more to lose than Waters from those two uh those two safety
1: car boos, didn't he? Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it, with the Shane van Gisbergen we had today, he was just in that, um, he was in that zone where he's just he about strong. unbeatable, yeah. uh, and the car was so good, and he was driving it so well
0: that that series of, of hey guys, of, oh no, sorry, keep going, Richard. that
1: series of, of pressure cooker laps, um, where he broke the back of the race, as we said, and they were trading fastest laps. And, and just the relentless consistency that both he and to his eternal credit, Cam Waters as well had, um, was awesome. Uh, but, but that Van Gisbergen looked like a Van Gisbergen that wasn't going to be beaten. And it, it was going to take some form of really large drama to take him out of the lead of that race. And that large drama would have been a Hail Mary from the 25 coming from 25 meters back or, um, or waters having a real big speculator up there at Griffin's Bend and not quite pulling it off and they're being contact or something, but otherwise it just didn't look like that car was, and that driver on the day was going to be beaten.
2: We had two A grade plus, A plus grade drivers combos one, two. I mean, they we're in the conversation ever since our entry list was announced and they came out on top for McLaughlin, it was that rain that really cost him, wasn't it? Yeah. He lost ground there, and it was just a game of catch up from there all day. It was always just a little bit behind the eight ball, and he just wasn't close enough come those final laps.
0: And they they got towards the end. It was really the safety car in that last thirty or forty laps or fifty laps, whatever it was. It sort of took him two yeah, laps short, didn't it for Slade?
1: Yeah, and that's probably what cost him the race in the end. But but you know, in that last stint before the Jack Smith safety car they weren't that fast. Mm. Like they, they didn't have the raw speed to go with the 97 the and the six fuel
0: program as well. No, but period. once
1: they were clear from fuel and yeah. um, they and they were good to go to the end, um, they, they weren't that spectacularly fast. So I'm not a hundred percent convinced that even if they were in the mix at the pointy end within half a 10th of the 97, that they might've actually been good enough to race with them because I, I'm not sure they were fast enough in the end there, but, Look, I mean, it's a great day for that team because officially put a stamp on Scotty's third championship, best team over the year by a decent margin because they didn't have the variables that T8 have had, and and TA we've talked about how the, they've been on a bit of a roller coaster this year and you know we saw it at the bend with Shane van Gisbergen battling to crack the top fifteen in qualifying on some occasions and then the next day turn it around and be a really good race car. Um, they never had that inconsistency at least not with car seventeen. So they're they deserved team champion, Scotts utterly deserving of being the champion this year best and brightest of the season no doubt but a really cool way to end the season and we should touch on the sentimentality of this result boys with with Holden winning in their final official yep. appearance as a factory team I mean that, that's an enormous storyline for this race and in the history books when we look back on this in 30 or 40 years and we we recount the Holden story in Australia motorsport this is a pretty good full stop I think on that journey
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really loved it when old mate jumped out on Conrad there in the cool down lap. How good yes. was the cool down lap? Yeah. Where, where has that been all this time? But uh, that was really cool with old mate. It looked like he had a slab already today and he donated his flag to the cause. Uh, mm. Yeah, Holden's just had such a legacy up there. They're the most successful mark in the history of the event and they had to go out on top, didn't they? Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. It it sort of wrapped up the story, didn't it? There's no doubt about that. And uh, it was great to hear Scotty McLaughlin say that he was told by the TV people to make sure (laughs) that uh, celebration was quite spectacular, which it was. There's no doubt about it.
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. And you know, the, the victory lap unfortunately is impossible in a normal year because there'd be 25,000 very drunk campers barreling onto the racetrack uh, at the top of the hill at McPhillamy and Reid park and all those famous bits of road. So unfortunately it wouldn't happen so that's a real shame but it was a really nice touch this year and it's just another another one of those circumstances where while what's gone on this year hasn't been fantastic they've found a way to adapt and to improvise and to overcome and and deliver a good result out of something pretty average and i think we got that with the the celebrations at the end of that motor race
0: so the top three, as we said, Van Gisbergen and Tanda defeating Waters and Davison, Mostert and Luff in third place. Let's look outside that, though. And there were some pretty uh, great drives from uh, some teams. And as we go down the list, the two team-18 cars, Pi and Fiori and Winterbottom and Golding, yeah. I think uh, probably the best drives outside of the top three.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, where, where did the DeWalt car come from? I mean, it was decent yeah. all day. It was top 10. But popped up towards six after those last couple of the last round of pit stops. So really impressive job by them. Um, Scott Pye, we've talked a lot about Scotty this year. He's been a standout performer, and that that outfit's getting better and better. Saw some early form from Frosty as well. So. They're in a good spot, and I thought Dean Fioré's co-driver performance, and he was one of those drivers that we all singled out before the weekend, going, "Oh, he hasn't driven anything for pretty much twelve months. How's he going to go?" He was really impressive, quick, consistent, accurate, safe, and delivered the car back for Scott to do the business. So yeah, I thought they were they were outstanding, and credit to Jimmy Golding as well, boys, because um, yes. I thought he drove really well alongside Frosty.
2: Brock Fanny, rookie of the year, P ten. Yep just edged out Dylan O'Keefe. I mean, where were O'Keefe and Heimgartner all day? They were absolutely nowhere, but they've come up there for 11th uh, to full stop their wild season. That's been so well documented with the new Mustangs, but uh, Brock Fanny in the fence yesterday and bounced back with just a a steady drive today. There was nothing spectacular. We didn't see him firing off at the chase or anything, and got the job done. They got a P10 out of it.
0: Can I also give congratulations to the local legends racing team of Davison and Webb, I mean, yeah. in all sincerity, they finished on the lead lap. Yep. The car that hasn't performed at all this year. Uh, that's great. That's a great effort by them.
1: Yeah, it is. But like we, we talked about this all day that you can just percolate around and you can still jag a result in a crazy race like that. And yeah, they that's what they did. They went real fast. The best lap was a seven, one compared to a five six for Van Gisburg. And so their best lap was 1.5 seconds off. Yeah the fastest and the top two cars did laps in the fives. In fact, three of the top four were all got down into the fives during what was a pretty quick motor race should point out second fastest great race on record as well at six hours and 10 minutes. So without those last two safety cars may have cracked the, the six hour mark. She would have yeah. gone really, really close to being five hours, 58 or 59 at the end there um and the recovery crews did an awesome job right at the end those two recoveries were as quick as oh, they're right. ever going to be so we got we got enough green flag racing at the end as well
2: we've been talking since the first podcast of this morning brad jones racing they had an oh. absolute barry crocker from all ends there oh. and how about erebus they were just missing an action today i mean they were more on the tv for getting uh, overtaken and getting in the way of people almost yep. but uh they, they just weren't a thing all day. They had no straight line sniff. What's to go there? Because the Walkinshaw and Trudy United power plant came third. yeah Chaz and Luff. So is that something with the car or is it something with the engine there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. I don't know. But but neither of those cars were in the mix at all today. Anton, brilliant start, was running third early. And, and that was just good having track position being quite difficult to overtake and did a nice job. And then we the, the Kastecki stuff that went on has been well, very well documented. Um, just search Kostecki on Twitter and you'll be entertained for hours <laughs> and hours. All the uh, varying opinions going on there. Some pretty good hot takes. Um, yeah. That, that disappointing day for them. BJR is definitely a knot in the TRT power rankings for sure. But um, Erebus have to be in that mix as well. I think Kelly racing, you mentioned the Ned car mark, um, which is a solid result 11th for them, but Poor old Rico had an absolute shocker with Dale Wood in the Castro car. At least they got to the end. And I'm um, just thinking, were they cash? Yeah, they were classified in 17th place. So at least they were qualified to finish it. Matt Stone Racing had a shocker. Um, yeah, once again, a couple of teams had pretty shocking all round days, whereas others had outstanding performances. And Tickford got all four of their cars home in really good positions.
2: Yeah. And still Jamie in the fence early. What's going on there? Oh, like yeah, that is yeah. it's, absolutely non-Jamie-like behaviour, yep. isn't
1: it? Yep. It, it's completely random. Just, yeah. but, but again, how many times has that that race bitten big names and, and bigger names than he have fallen in that race? Um, Warren Luff on the podium, boys. Six yeah. from the ni- last nine years. So if Ryan Walkinshaw doesn't offer him a new contract tonight, he's mad, absolutely mad. He is the safest pair of hands at that place. And his podium record there is extraordinary. So nine, what, six podiums from 20 starts now is as good a strike rate as anyone without having won it. Um, no doubt. Yeah, that's um, that's really yeah. impressive drive.
2: And Van Gisbergen's out of that Glenn Seaton-like comparison that we ran earlier in the year. He had all the stats. He's he lining up as the new Glenn Seaton. Not anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great result for Shane. Yeah, it is. Uh, th- this was missing on his copybook. And, and, and like Scotty said, I think it was in that interview we did with Jess earlier in the weekend on Fox that, um, that Bathurst is the one you can win the championship, but having Bathurst on your CV is really important. Sort of completes you as a racing car driver in this category. And I think that was missing from Shane. We all know he's one of the best and his performance and his car control and his speed and his wet weather prowess and everything that goes on is amazing, but he never won Bathurst. and, And it was always just a little asterisk on the end there. Amazing stuff. And Garth Tander joins the the all-time greats at that place now with four wins. Yeah. So that, that is a huge performance from GT. And there's a synergy there because of his Holden background. And he was a HRT driver, won it for HRT. Famous race um, being hunted down by Craig Lowndes at the end with Nick Perkett. Um, and he's delivered for the Holden brand. and has been a very loyal Holden representative for a long time. So it feels really appropriate that he was in that car with with Shane. I did an immense job. Hey, guys, let's
0: leave it there. Tuesday, of course, On The Grid comes out as it does normally, and we'll have a full wrap of what has been an exciting Sunday and an exciting week at the Bathurst 1000. Let's remind everyone, though, what's coming up on theracetalk.com.
1: Rex, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Melbourne internet has... Whoa, I'm back. He's back. Is he? Uh, Oh, who knows? While Shebex is still wrapping up through some lag, uh, jump onto the Race Talk social channels at the Race Talk Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We want your feedback, folks. The power rankings are back on Tuesday. They will be our biggest ever power rankings. We managed to fill three days' worth of them already. Um, but, But focus on the race and give us your hot, not or what from today's great race.
2: My Word document has wigged out. Like this supercomputer can edit lots of things. It can't handle the Word document with the copy and paste
0: stuff from today. Uh, My understanding was that they used your supercomputer to work out the uh, restrictions for Victoria over the past three months.
1: Well, potentially, and the weather forecast for the badness today (laughs) as well. So we want your power rankings, folks. Um, Jump on the socials and let us know.
0: All right, and i will see all that coming up on the race talk over the next couple of days. Guys, it been great working with you again today. As always, we'll do it again on Tuesday night and wrap up what has been a pretty spectacular Bathurst 2020.